In the past month, we started out this year looking at ways that we can experience God. I introduced to you that God is at work all around us. I've shared with you that God pursues a relationship with us and that he invites us to join him in what he's doing so that we may truly experience God. Not just here at Huntsville Christian Church, but in our homes, our schools, our workplaces, our community. Also, way back last year in November, I shared a statistic with you. I said that after the first 10 years, a church begins to lose its impact in its community. I also said that I wasn't sure what the next 10 years looked like for Huntsville Christian Church, but that we were going to go into them like they were our first 10 years here in this community. So what does that mean for us? It means, as you started to notice, we'll be making some adjustments in how we do some things. Uh, You'll see different versions of our bulletins throughout the next few years. You'll see different methods of, of how we worship. You'll see a difference in how we express the Word of God using methods like drama and art and and different things. And I've been praying that as we begin our first 10 years, so to speak, that each one of us will begin to adjust our lives accordingly so that we can indeed experience God this year. Because in order to really experience Him, we are going to have to adjust how we've currently lived and how we should be living. Will you pray with me? Father God, I thank you. I thank you that we can be here, that we can sing, uh, we can worship you in song, that we can give our, our gifts, our, our tithes and our offerings and give back in how you've blessed us and provided for us as individuals. I pray that I'm just grateful that we can have an opportunity to give back to you, just a portion. I, I thank you that we can be here and freely open your word and discuss it and apply it to our lives. I pray, Lord, that as we do that, as we look at your word today, that you'll You'll clean out the cobwebs of our hearts and our minds and and we'll see your words fresh and new and that they'll challenge us, that we'll want to adjust our life so that we can experience you, so we can abide in you. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. For our visitors and and guests, today is Family Sunday, so we have all of our kids here, and normally that means that anything could happen, uh, but today's going to be a pretty mild Family Sunday, but I want to start off by sharing a story for our younglings, okay? So all of our younglings, I know you come equipped now, you get something to color on or something. This first part is for you, so you need to, you need to really listen to this story. You guys ready? You ready? All right, I got you. You're, most of them are on the front row. Okay, I got you. You're in my vision. Here we go. This is the story about a seed, a little seed, and his two very good friends, a spider and a caterpillar. And they all lived in a little hole in the ground, and they were the best of friends. They talked together, they played games, they would sing songs, they just enjoyed life together. They were comfortable in their little hole, and they liked it there. But then one morning when they woke up, the seed saw a balloon hovering just outside of the hole. And and he realized, he and the caterpillar, they went to see what it was all about. And you know what? It wasn't a balloon. But in fact, their little spider friend had spun a web. But not just any web, it was a web that would catch air and take her away from her friend's. She said, it's time. I'm going to explore the world. Not me, said the little seed. I like it here. I will never leave. They said goodbye and swoosh. The little spider was off on the breeze and on an adventure. And then there were two, the little seed and the caterpillar. They played their games. They sang their songs. And often they thought of their friend, the spider, and hoped that she was well. Then one evening as they went to sleep and in the morning, something was different. Because where his friend the caterpillar had gone to sleep, there was a fuzzy little cocoon. And little seed didn't understand at first. And he didn't know what happened to his friend. 
And he was worried. But then all of a sudden, the fuzzy little cocoon started to wiggle and, and wiggle. And soon it opened. And his once caterpillar friend had turned into a beautiful butterfly. His friend said, the time has come for me to explore the world. And soon it opened up and he flew away. But the little seed said, not me. I like it where I am. It's safe. It's cozy. I have all, of I need, all I need. But the butterfly was off on the breeze and off onto an adventure. And the little seed, he tried to play the games that they played, but it's no fun playing with one. And he sang the songs that they sang, but they just made him miss his friends even more. And it made him sad. So he stopped singing. He cleaned the hole. He tried to stay busy, but he was still sad. And then one night under a full moon, he said it. He said, I will leave my hole. And he did what any good seed would do when it was time to leave his hole. He began to drink water. And he drank lots and lots and lots and lots of water. Because that's what seeds have to do when it's time to leave. Man, took you long enough. I worked all night on that. All right. First, a little shoot started. Get it? Leave. Seed. Then he began to take root. And this little seed left his hole by him. <laughs> Somebody just got it. And it's just, sorry. <laughs> he began to take root. He began to grow and he grew and he grew and he grew tall and strong with nice branches and beautiful leaves. And he grew so tall that he could see far away. And one day off in the distance, he saw a balloon floating towards him. But when it got closer, he realized it wasn't a balloon, but it was his friend, the spider. She had come back to their little hole to raise her family. And soon after, he saw the most beautiful butterfly flying towards them. But you know what? It wasn't just any butterfly. It was his friend, the butterfly. And the three friends were together again. And they sang songs and they played games. And the spider and the butterfly both agreed. They were happy the little seed decided to leave their hole. Now, let me ask you a couple questions. You guys, I hope you're paying attention because it's question time. Need answers from the younglings. What would have happened to the seed if he decided not to grow? Do you know what happens to a seed that doesn't grow? Go ahead. It dies. It would have just rotted away. Now, was it a good thing that the seed decided to grow? Yes, it was a good thing. He got to see his friends again, and he got to see their families. Here's the thing. If that little seed did not adjust his life and grow, he would have never experienced the things that he saw as he grew into a tree, and he would have missed seeing his friends again as well. It's the same thing for us. If we're going to truly experience God in our lives, we have to be like that little seed. We have to be willing to adjust our lives. We have to be willing to change our lifestyle in order to truly experience God. What does that mean? How can you guys, at your fifth grade and under age, how can you adjust your lifestyle to experience God? What can you do differently to experience God? Any ideas? What are some things you could do less of to experience God? One of you should shout out right now, I shouldn't play on my iPod as long. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, ma'am. What's she say? Okay, yeah, stop disobeying and, and you'll be able to experience God. Good answer. What are some other things that you can do? Very simply, I wrote down a few. I'll help you out. Um, it, really, to experience God at your age, 
There's some things you can adjust a little bit in your lifestyle. You could give up a little bit of TV or texting your friends or YouTube or video games, harassing your sister or your brother. You could give those things up and and spend time experiencing God as you grow up. I just want you to make sure, and this is the part for you guys, you, you younglings, as you grow up, make sure that you make the adjustments you need in your life so that you can experience God. And really, parents, that puts that burden on us. We need to lay that groundwork so they can they have those experiences, so they can adjust under our leadership. So adults, how can we experience God? What do we need to do in order to experience God? We being you and you being all of us, what can we do? What adjustments do we need to make? We're going to talk about that a little bit today. Go ahead and look up John chapter 15. And we're going to read verses 1 through 11. John chapter 15, verse 1 says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You, already are, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up. And they gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. Okay, in case you're wondering, the word for the day is abide. Abide. You see, the adjustment that we need to make in order to really experience God is a very simple one. We need to make the decision. We need to make a conscious choice to abide in Christ. If you truly want to experience God, we need to abide in Christ. Going to church is not abiding in Christ. It's a good thing, okay? But showing up here once a week for an hour is not abiding. Think about this. If you spent one hour a week with your spouse, what are the odds you would still be married after a year? Depends. Some of you are like, well, you know, <laughs> that might not be too bad. But you get the point. You see, to abide in someone or something, it's a constant. Abiding is a constant through good and bad. Once in a while is not abiding. Abiding in Christ means we need to get to know him. That burden is on us. We need to depend on him. We need to trust him during times of drought. If you are abiding in Christ, you will make it through whatever it is you're going through. If you're going through a tough time right now, I want to challenge you to seek out ways to abide in Christ even more. As a matter of fact, I'm going to do something crazy. If you're going through a tough time right now, just stand up. Don't worry, I'm not going to ask you what your tough time is. I'm not going to ask you to share what your tough time is. If you're going through a tough time, stand up. I want to stop right here because I want to pray over you guys. 
Because some of you, I know what your tough times are. Some of you, I don't. And I know there's some of you still sitting who, who aren't going to get up. But that's okay. God knows who you are. And, and let me just, I want to promise this to you. If you truly seek to abide in him, you are not forgotten right now. It, it may be tough and it may really stink. And you may think, you don't have half the idea how bad it is, Fat Rock. I don't need to know how bad it is. Because I know no matter how bad it is, with Christ on your side, it's still better than the people who are suffering without him. I, just, I want to pray for you guys. Father God, I thank you for these brave people who, who have chosen to stand amongst their friends, amongst their brothers and sisters. And we don't need details, Lord. I, I know at some level, all of us are struggling with something. And so I pray whatever is going on in the lives of these people, Lord, that as they abide in you, as they, they continue to abide in you, as they grow closer to you, as they experience you, that you will do the things you say you'll do, that you'll provide comfort, that you'll provide sustenance, that you won't leave us alone in our struggle. And so, Lord, I pray for all these people right now, uh, just an intercessory word that you will meet their needs that you will care for them, that you will show them love, the strength that they need to continue to stand and the strength that they need to continue to tell people that you are the reason that they keep going. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you very much. Uh, do you know why Christ share this, shares this with us about him, about being the vine? When Christ says, I am the vine and you are the branches, do you know why he shares that? Because the thing about a vine is it's the life support of the whole thing. The vine, the trunk, it's the life support of the whole tree, the whole grapevine, the whole flower, whatever word you need to use to understand. The vine is the life support for the rest of the branches. Jesus Christ is our sustaining life support. He is the vine. We are the branches. Verse 10 and 11. I love verse 10 and 11 because he says, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love, these things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. If you adjust your life so that you are abiding in Christ, you will keep his commandments and his joy will be in us even during a tough time. You will find reason to celebrate the love of Christ. Our joy will be made full. Don't be like the little seed at the beginning of the story. Don't, don't be reluctant for that change. Because if you don't adjust your life, if you don't adjust your lifestyle, you will truly never experience God. Because if we don't make those changes, we're not going to abide in him. Isaiah 26, 19 says this, At night my soul longs for you. Indeed, my spirit within me seeks you diligently. For when the earth experiences your judgments and the inhabitants of the world learn righteousness. Now, this chapter in Isaiah is a song of trust in God's protection. I encourage you to go read Isaiah 26 sometime this week and, and read that through. It's a, it's a song or, or a prayer of God's protection. And since we know that our God is at work around us and, and we know that he pursues a relationship with us, we know he's invited us to join him in his work. I believe that when we adjust our lives, when we make him our priority, we will experience God. But what does this verse mean? Isaiah 26, 9, the NIV says this, My soul yearns for you in the night. In the morning, my spirit longs for you. What does that mean? My soul yearns for you. 
And in the morning, my spirit longs for you. Basically, uh, with your discretionary time, with the things that you have, where does the free time you have, where does your mind go? When, when you're not at work, because when you're at work, you need to focus on your job. And when you're, when you're not coaching your kid's sports team or driving the band of the next game, when you're free to do whatever you want, where does your mind go? In the times of your day, when you don't have to answer the phone, where does your mind go? Does your mind go to TV or Facebook or Twitter or computer time or the DVR or YouTube or your sports team? Or does your mind go to God? Does your soul yearn for him in the night? When everyone has finally gone to bed in your house, are you looking for him before you go to bed? Or when you first wake up in the morning, are are you thinking of God? Or are you looking to see what happened on Facebook or what's trending on Twitter or what happened on the news? Where does your mind go in those discretionary times, those times when you really don't have to do anything? Where does your mind go? Because I think it's in those times that if our mind is going towards God, that's where we're actually beginning to abide in him. And and, and it's it's time to make those adjustments. And don't misunderstand me. I'm not downing anybody for wanting to watch a TV show or, or sending an email. I'm not downing you for those things. Those are part of our life. I simply don't want us to be like that little seed. I don't want us to get so comfortable in our little holes that, that we call life, that we miss the opportunity to experience God. And I think if, if I put this out there and it's something to think about, when you abide in him, you will grow. You will stretch in ways that are unimaginable. When you abide in him, you will hurt for others. When you abide in him because he is the vine and we are the branches, you will be vulnerable sometimes. But when you abide in him, you will receive all the sustenance you need from him. You will endure. And the good news is you won't be cut off and thrown into the fire. You will be pruned. And through pruning, you will be strengthened and your joy will be made full. That's the coolest thing ever. As we come to our response time today, I'd like to read to you again from John 15, verses 1 through 11. But this time I want to do it a little bit differently. I want you to go ahead and put your Bibles away. And power down your apps. Slip your phones and Kindles and iPads and stuff back into your bags or wherever they are. And before we do the rest, I just want to promise you, I'm not going to throw anything at you. All right, I'm not going to surprise you with anything like I normally would because it's a serious time. I want you to just close your eyes. Just close your eyes and I want you to think this through. I want you to think on this for a minute. While you're doing that, put your hands in your lap with your palms facing up like you're receiving a gift. Because what I'm giving you is in fact a gift. And so just with your eyes closed and your hands in your lap with your palms up to receive this gift, I want to invite you today. If you haven't yet accepted the invitation from God to abide in Him, as we come to this time I would like you to just use this time to take that opportunity. If you need to accept the invitation of baptism and new life, don't wait another day. If you need to accept the invitation to partner with us and do kingdom work, 
we're coming to a place where that, you'll have an opportunity to do that. If you need prayer for something, you need to accept God's invitation for forgiveness or to forgive others. The elders are here. They'll pray with you. Keep your hands open, your eyes closed. I shared with you last week. Sometimes people tell me the longest, loneliest walk is to come forward at church and do these things. And I've been told many times after Sunday service that coming forward, I was going to come forward for prayer, but I didn't want people to think I was the only one. It's one of the reasons we've kind of transitioned our communion time the way we have. As we all walk forward in a minute to have communion, it's not nearly as long and lonely a walk for someone else who may have a decision on their heart. As we come to this response time, we're going to have a time of communion. And I'm going to share these words with you from John 15. This is my gift. Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me, and I in him, he bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away as a branch and dries up, and they gather them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. As we think about verse 7, think about as you abide in Christ, whatever you ask for will be done. I know these verses are not typical for communion thought, but understand that in order for us to have the opportunity to abide in Christ, he had to die for our sins. He had to be the final sacrifice. He has done everything that he said he would do, and he is preparing a place for us. I would encourage you today, as you think about the questions you could ask, that forgiveness be one of them. Examine yourself against your weak. Christ is preparing a place for us until we see him again. And we do this to remember his sacrifice. We have communion to remember what he's done for us. I pray that as we take communion today, as we respond to his word, that we will truly begin to abide with him, in him. And I ask that you just take a moment and think on what you've heard today from God's word. Reflect on these things. And when you're ready, come and have communion. Whatever your response is to God's word today, now is the time. Father God, I thank you. Thank you for your word, how it rings true. I thank you for your son. He came and he died on the cross for us, but that he rose and that he prepares a place for us now. Father, as we 
come to this time where we consider these things. I pray that we would examine ourselves not against one another, but against your word. Thank you for what you've done. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen.